Thank you, Keb Mo, for bringing us in with Stand Up and Be Strong. And from Chicago, it's Michael James and Katie Hogan with another edition of the Live from the Heartland shown, show, known as the Heartland at Home during the time of the pandemic. This is number 81 for the week of December 18th. And uh, we've got a couple of wonderful guests. We're going to talk about Evanston's first night celebration with Corky Siegel and Emily Guthrie. And we're going to have the thought poet Isaiah Berry coming on and talking to us about an exhibit and what's going on in Inglewood. We're here uh, every week and we question the actions of the rich and the powerful and we try to give voice to the servants of the people who are trying to make a better world. Good morning to you, Katie. Heavy duty claim. Hope we live up to it. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, doing okay. I've been um, working until this week over at Gethsemane and we sold enough trees that my uh, winter season is now over. Uh, so I can concentrate on figuring out how we're doing holidays, this particular second COVID holiday season. Have you got any good news in your life, Michael? Well, I had made plans to go to New York and I followed through on them and I visited a lot of family. I visited uh, children, grandchildren, uh, my sister, my brother-in-law. I got to eat some oysters, got to be in the village, got to see my grandkids play soccer, picked up my granddaughter from her volleyball practice. It was a very busy five days and I uh, had a great time and I'm certainly glad to be back home in uh, Chicago and particularly in Rogers Park. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, hopefully we'll have actual, by the time this show comes on tomorrow morning, we'll have snow, but I, I don't think we're gonna get it for uh, We're not Christmas. gonna get it, I'll bet. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna go to Weatherbug in a minute, but I, we'll see. <laughs> don't bother. <laughs> um, so worldwide, of course, there are always disasters. We won't cover all of them, but we were, uh, completely uh, rocked by the devastation of Western Kentucky this week by an out of time tornado and out of place tornado that hovered for a, a couple of hours as it traveled over and really did some widespread destruction in Western Kentucky and also a couple other states, but they lost the most. There are people uh, really lining up to help. They've gotten a lot of donations uh, and people are, you know, donating blood and all that sort of thing, which we really recommend. I, I, I had, can't help but think, um, remember last year when Texas was uh, really in bad straits and their power was out and uh, Ocasio-Cortez uh, commandeered a, a couple million bucks to send to Texas and the, these small donations that are going into Kentucky, I'm sure are coming from red and blue states. Um, I hope that the voters in Kentucky and Texas remember who helped them out. Um, really, really tragic though, once again, Haiti, which we've covered uh, a little bit this year, uh, with the overturned truck carrying fuel, the desperation of people running to collect the spilled fuel, even as the flames were rising around them. Um, this, is just, this is a picture of, of what's wrong with the world right now. Uh, Closer to On home. a national front, mm -hmm. uh, our Congress is still at work trying to get the Build Back Better bill passed before the holiday break. Uh, Mansion and Simna are still uh, seemingly problematic. 
But what did go through without a lot of fanfare and announcement to the people, uh, a far larger amount of money than the stimulus and the Build Back Better is the Defense Act with uh, a lot of new money for the military. They actually, uh, in the bill, they passed it for more money than was even requested. Really interesting where the priorities seem to lie, even among people who we like to think are doing well for us in Congress. It's too true. Yeah, too true. Um, speaking of national figures, um, we reached a new water point, uh, 800,000 deaths this week in the U.S. from COVID, and they are climbing again. All indicators are that it's still going to get worse before it gets better. Um, we can only encourage people to get your shots and your booster or stay at home. If you, if you don't want to be uh, taking shots, then you got to stay out of harm's way because you're going to get sick. And that's the indicator that's going on now, no matter what your belief system is about vaccinations. Anyway, um, on the labor, labor front, report, Michael. Yeah, on the labor front, we've been trying to keep you up abreast of uh, the kind of resurgence in strikes and organized labor's activities. Uh, we've talked about the Kellogg strike. Uh, first, we said that uh, a contract had been approved. And last week, we announced that it had been rejected by the workers. Apparently, there is a new contract. A vote was taken on Thursday. We'll know on Tuesday. But it looks like the Kellogg workers are going back to work. And you'll be able to eat your favorite crispy uh, breakfast cereal. cereals uh, out in Huntington Beach, California. The city council declared a local emergency in response to an ongoing labor dispute with its waste hauler and its employees. And over in Reno, Nevada, uh, Union for Drivers and the operator of the Metro uh, Reno's transit system say they've reached a tentative agreement to settle a contract dispute that dramatically reduced service during the past three weeks. These are only a few of the strikes that are going on around the country. We'll try to keep you abreast and bring on uh, some labor experts in the not too far off. Okay, briefly, uh, Illinois politics. Um, the head of Dark Money Group that helped defeat last year's um, graduated income tax measure is behind a campaign to elect a Republican candidate to run against J.B. Pritzker in 2022. And the money behind this effort will come from none other than billionaire Ken Griffin. Keep your eye on this space. We'll keep you posted. On the Democratic side, we heard that the Cook County Democratic Party is actually asking for a signed loyalty oath from slated candidates. Um, what kind of loyalty oath? Is that a loyalty to the country, to the party? No, no. It's a loyalty to the slate. It's <laughs> meaning you won't go for any other candidate who might be running for judge or whatever. I, To me, it smacks of machine era tactics and it it's ridiculous. Uh, okay, we're running out of time here. Well, so. real quickly over here in Chicago, New City reports that a new outdoor skating rink, roller skating rink that is, is to be built in West Garfield Park. And also we just got word that the city's libraries will once again be open seven days a week. You are listening to Live from the Heartland, WLUW 88.7 FM. 
Stay tuned. We'll be right back with First Night Evanston's Emily Guthrie and our friend Corky Siegel. Welcome aboard, you two. Glad to have Corky Siegel and Emily Guthrie, who are working together again to create this one-of-a-kind celebration on New Year's Eve called First Night, uh, which marks Evanston's 25th celebration. Um, let's start. Can you tell us, Emily, how Evanston became the most notable local venue for First, first Night, um, something that originated in Boston back in 87, I think? Oh, I think it's giving us a lot of credit to call us most notable, but yeah. we have managed to weather uh, uh, an economic downturn and uh, the pandemic. So yeah, we're still here. Um, we started in 92 when Annie Heidemann brought the idea from Boston and <clears throat> um, 
The year of the millennium, I think, was our highlight. We had 15,000 people attend. We took, uh, we asked for zip codes and we had 72 zip codes represented that year. And we were at 40 different locations, started at noon and ran until midnight. And, you know, it's just a whole lot of fun. It gives you a place, you can stay in town, you can go get a good meal somewhere, park your car, everything's located right next to the downtown. So you can head out after dinner and go to any one of a number of places. This year, of course, and last year, we're gonna be virtual. So we're letting people know they can stay home, stay comfortable, stay safe, stay warm, get their favorite meal, their favorite beverage and sit down at 945 and enjoy the show. And then that'll be followed by a live chat on Zoom. So it should be, it should be another great evening. Uh-huh. Um, my understanding is that Corky has been wrangled into being the wrangler for the talent. Um, <laughs> and it looks like from the poster that I got a glimpse of that uh, you've done quite a good job. Do you want to give us a little bit of a hint as to who we might expect to hear in the talent world up there on Evanston's first night? Yeah, yeah, Emily could help me with this, but you know, it was really a team effort. This was curated by Emily and me and Steve Haugier. Actually, I think the three of us pretty much curated it. Uh, and uh, some of the people are, let's see, I'll go off the top of my head here, Wayne Baker Brooks, is going to share his new hit single. Uh, uh, the Sons of Blues with Billy Branch has this amazing piece. Uh, Alvy Ray Smith, who is the co-founder of Pixar and was uh, uh, with Steve Jobs. Hmm. And he uh, wrote the code for Toy Story. And and, and he's, he's an artist performing on your... Yeah, yeah. He's what he's doing is he's talking about Moore's Law and the computer revolution because he just wrote a book called The Biography of the Pixel, which is all about the computer, the computer revolution. And he's going to talk about that. Then we're going to play a little three minute experimental video he made in 1979 uh, with Ed M. Schweller, who you may have seen if you looked at all the science fiction magazines from the 50s. Uh, he was the artist. Can't okay. say I did, but uh... yeah. And then well, I'm going to now. Yeah, and then uh, we're gonna. He's going to talk about how Toy Story was almost not made, and how it finally was made, and and how the digital revolution had to do with it. It's amazing and fun. Wow. So, you know, we got a lot of diversity in there and, and we got uh, uh, Michael Smith, you know, the late songwriter, Michael Smith. The late great. Yeah. Yeah. Just he's singing this amazing song he wrote along with the puppeteer Blair Thomas, international known puppeteer. And they're doing this excerpts from the, the piece called uh, The uh, uh, Selfish Giant. <laughs> Steve, Steve, how's your when he was reviewing the whole two hour and 22 minute work of, of first night for first night's uh, New Year's Eve celebration. He had to watch that twice. And within the piece itself, it's already played twice because I couldn't bear to just play it once. Ah. So there's two <laughs> versions of it where you could hear this song twice 
And Steve took that and had to listen to it twice. It's quite amazing. And uh, John Primer has a piece called Poor Man Blues, which is just incredible. And Sons of the Never Wrong. I don't know. You know those guys? Oh, sure. Yeah, they used guys. to play the Heartland. Yep. Yeah, they're they're doing three pieces. And so, I don't know if you know Dorothy Scott. We call her the the uh, the Princess of Preemptive Peace. Is doing two works. I'm doing a few of them. Uh, I know I'm leaving some amazing people out. Could you? Lynn think Jordan. Lynn Jordan is singing the uh, Auld Lang Syne, and and Ernie Watts, the jazz saxophone player. A two-time Grammy Award winner is uh, uh, joining us on Old Lang Syne. And by the way, Alvy Ray Smith, who I mentioned, won two Academy Awards for his works. So um, let's see. What else, uh, Emily? Oh, I don't know. I've written checks and I don't <laughs> exactly. can't remember all the names. Let me yeah. ask you this, Emily. Uh, given that uh, you're th for the second year, this will be a virtual celebration. In the past... When you described some of these these events that that have been you know multiple venues and notable uh, individual experiences across the entire day, how how um, how well do you feel you guys uh, did last year when you did your first virtual version? Because um, everyone's been learning under this COVID thing, right, right? How to do anything, including us doing our radio show the way we are right here. Um, but I liked when I heard Corky use the word curated uh, when describing the work that he and Holly and others did putting together this this big tape. Uh, um, how do you feel about that, Emily, given that your long experience being the the veep of <laughs> Evan's mm -hmm. first night? Well, last night was a, was an experiment, but it felt like it was necessary not to even try and do it live. And the last year, right? Yeah, we okay. used Eventbrite to help sell tickets, and they capped us at a thousand people. And we regularly right were right up at a thousand, and then it you know, would drop down to like nine twenty. I think people were wandering around among different things. <laughs> I think almost everybody was virtual last year. I don't remember anybody trying to do it live, right? And so this year, because we're using mandolin for the reservations. We're not calling them tickets because we're not asking for a fixed price. We're asking people to contribute what they think it's worth. They have more than two hours of live performances by more than 20 artists. They can find that at Mandolin or they can find it at our website, which is firstnightevanston.org. So this year we're not capped at a thousand. So we're gonna be real interested to see, you know, if the numbers really bounce up. Mandolin has a, uh, context list of almost 200,000 people. So we're hoping this will just be gangbusters. And then, you know, fingers crossed, next year we can go live. That's our hope. Seriously. We'll see. Go ahead, Michael. Well, Michael, I'm you're on Michael. mute. And by the way, Al Day, Al Day is another of the performers. Oh, with, good. Poetry, Glamour, uh, uh, Smith. Um, Mark. Mark Smith, Mark Smith, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Michael. Well, speaking of speaking of virtual, uh, I have the big question I have, and I've been waiting to ask this: How do you do virtual fireworks? <laughs> oh, we do them. We've got them. <laughs> yeah, I, we've got I, them. That's yeah, quirky. These, these fireworks that Holly <laughs> and I used are from Germany, in uh, 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 many years ago, when explosions were outside our hotel window when we were playing with all these symphony orchestras in Germany. 
And we just ran with our iPhone to the window and filmed it. And that's what we're using in, in this film. Really? See the people shooting them off right below our window. Okay, Emily, I got to tell you that your face is not totally in the picture right now. And I want to oh, ask sorry. you a question. I, yeah, I was pouring my tea. Look at you. We're very casual here. I, I've got my coffee, but it's cold. So, um, you, Emily, you mentioned that there is a bit that follows the, um, the singing of Auld Lang Syne, uh, which will be led by Lynn Jordan, I guess. Um, and that, that little bit after features a live back and forth with Corky and other artists. Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah, it's going to be a Zoom call that'll be available to everybody. Um, and it, Corky and Lynn just did a concert at the Levy Center here in Evanston, and they had 100 people on their Zoom call. So we have no idea. And I get to manage it. So I've been practicing managing Zoom calls. Um, we have no idea. But they went, you, went, you and Lynn went almost an hour Corky, you were having so much fun with your back and forth. Yeah, you know it was it was very free and loose and and really enjoyable. They were kidding each other about stuff and going on. So yeah, that'll be a, a little bit of a bonus. The other thing we should mention is that the show is going to be available for forty eight hours afterward. Ah. So if people miss it that night, or if like Corky, they want to see that one piece again, they'll be able to go to it back it up and watch it enough times that they can figure out exactly what was going on in that piece. And if people sign up on uh, the way that, that, that they do, which you can say, tell us how they do that, then they have the ability to check that out afterwards for those 48 hours? Yeah. Anybody can afterward, yeah. Anybody can. Right. Do they, right. do they have to go to Mandolin to find it or do they go to First Night? I think after the show, Corky, don't they go to YouTube? Uh, no, they're going to go to my own Zoom link to my Zoom uh, account. Okay. No, not for the whole show afterward. Yeah, afterwards, <laughs> it's the Zoom is uh, just, uh, it'll no, be. I'm talking podcast. about the Zoom. I'm talking about the whole show. Oh, yeah. the show. no, no, they, it's not on YouTube. It's on Mandolin. Oh, it is. Okay. okay. But they can find it. Mandolin, it's just. Mandolin M A N D O L I N dot com. Right. Oh, yeah, that was new to me finding out about that. Go ahead, Michael. I was going to ask about how this is organized. Is it a private thing that works with the city? Is the city take initiative? Uh, Evanston is our wonderful neighbor town to the north or city to the north. Uh, there's a lot of wonderful things about it that I could share. I love the YMCA, et cetera. But I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about the city spirit. Uh, you got a new mayor up there, Daniel Biss. Uh, what's going on in Evanston? Even though Corky, I know, lives in Chicago. <laughs> well, Evanston's never quiet. There's always at least a half a dozen issues that people are working on. Yeah, we get tremendous support. We've got corporate sponsors, and and a lot of them have been with us almost from the beginning. Um, we used to get state and city funding. We no longer do that. Uh, it's all private. And then we, and that helps us keep the price down. This would cost, you know, two hours of live performances would probably cost at least a hundred dollars per person. Right. And we're asking for 35 and that could be an entire household. So it could be two people. It could be 16 people if people want to get together, but we get a, the local support that we get from residents the year 2013, when we brought it back for uh, Evanston's 150th anniversary, 
and we had six inches of snow on the ground at six o'clock, I figured we were just dead in the water and we had 3000 people. And I said to somebody a couple of weeks later that I had been afraid that we weren't gonna have anybody show up. And she said, you know, ordinarily we go out to Arlington Heights, we've done that for years. But when we saw the weather, we said, we don't need to do that. We can stay right here in town and go to first night. So I think our numbers, I thought they would be depressed by the weather. I think maybe they actually were increased by the bad weather that year. And speaking of the weather, people, <laughs> when we, if we, if we stop doing these, what, what we call virtual shows, actually, I call them closer than in-person shows, people <laughs> are going to miss them because you don't have to worry about the weather. You could wear your pajamas. <laughs> You, you know, you could go to the kitchen for your dinner, or for snacks, and you're not going to disturb anyone. You could have your pets, your kids, uh, and you get to see the, you know, you get a front row seat. Everyone, everyone gets a front row seat, even more than a front row seat. You get to be on stage with some of the performers and watch their hands on the keyboards. When could you do that in a live performance? It's and we old. built in a bathroom break. <laughs> well, but you do have to be careful that if you're doing the Zoom from home. Remember that reporter who got caught with his pants down. Right. Right, exactly. But in terms of all of that, you know, you don't have to wear a mask. You don't have to do anti-social anti distancing. Corky, you did, you did a lot of shows during the, on the, using the COVID protocol uh, and and zoom right i, I bought a couple of them and yeah then, as soon as march 2020 yeah turned around and we ended up here in chicago i immediately purchased a filemaker pro and had to start learning how to become a video filmmaker yeah and i spent my whole year calling apple three times a week and getting <laughs> and just learning how to do it because I realize now musicians have to know how to do this. Yeah. 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 Well, we all, we all, it was a learning curve for everyone. Uh, as we started learning, this, this is our 80th learning Sorry? curve, learning curve ball. Yes. Learning curve ball. This is our 80th, Having a ball, baby. 81st uh, zoom show for us. And, um, <laughs> I'm still learning. And as we came on today, I, I said to Michael, I got to learn how to blur the background, you know, because yeah. you can yeah. do that in Zoom. And I still right. have, uh, you know, taken the time in between shows to figure it out. And I know it's easy, but, you know, us old people. Um, OK, let's tell remind people how to find uh, First Night Evanston and and be part of a great New Year's celebration. And what day and we have that a website. is? We have a website. <laughs> FirstNightEvanston.org, and through us, you can go through, you can go to, we've got lots of Facebook pages, and you can go to Mandolin. Any one of those places will get you to where you can make a reservation. Great. Even on my page, CorkyMusic.com, Mandolin.com, FirstNightEvanston.org, right? Right, we're an org. Any of those places. Well, you two, um, congratulations on your great collaboration, and um, we'll probably see you on New Year's Eve or be part of that faceless bunch out there in the uh, virtual world. But um, you thank won't, you for your commitment. You will not want to miss it. It is like <laughs> every time I see the next little section, I go, 
oh my God, I love this. <laughs> oh, I love this one. Oh, I love this one. Oh, I love this one. You know, it's like unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Well, I thank you in advance for giving us all something to do on New Year's Eve. That's um, safe and healthy. Yeah, that's exactly. So bless you both. And uh, everyone can enjoy this yes. little uh, Yes, thank trailer. you, Katie. And thank you, Michael. Dreamers in the suburbs in the cities Riding around town, windows up, steaming, beaming Singing along to it in the gun, heavy streaming Mama don't know what a little nigga feeling Daddy been gone and my brother stay tripping For every little homie that's lonely This is all for you, give a fuck about the phony All in the plan, as you grow, make the moments last Even though a life is in the shit, moves fast Cold in the realest, hands high, feel this Smoke to the head, but remember shit's vicious Never lose hope, if you don't, you be golden Always keep your family close, keep your heart open to the chosen, so a dollar rolling. This is just a right vibe. Turn it loud if you need to. Two stars in the sky, they will light your way through. Feeling alone, just know you are not. We won't leave you alone. Uh -huh. This is just a right vibe. Turn it loud if you need to. Two stars in the sky, they will light your way through. Fast and little tight, seeing what I'm seeing, the pain I will write. Yeah, ooh, we're children in the night. Make it with a vision, I'll become a fruition. Yeah, no, well, dreaming in the mission now. Things are getting better, waiting my whole life. Oh, my, 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 my. As we glide through the streets, just just the moment when you truly feel free. Got my bullet to the habits, time with the word, no. Got it by the moon, I do what I do. Everything's cool, but steady, puts a limit. But in this cell, so long, I know soon. This is just a right vibe. Stars in the sky. Feeling alone, just know you are not. We won't leave you alone. This is just a right vibe. Turn it loud if you need to. Stars in the sky, they will light your way.
Hey, hey. So Isaiah's in the house. Thank you for joining us, Isaiah Vinay. Yay. Um, we got to know you thanks to our co-producer, um, Lynn Orman Weiss. You are a writer, photographer, poet. Um, let's start by talk, tell it to us what is the meaning of thought poet? Since yeah, so um, I get, I think the, the simplest way to answer that is um, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. I was born out west, raised out south. And um, I went to uh, what people call a typical CPS school. Which one? And so, you know, there wasn't a lot. Um, so I actually went to Burnside Scholastic Academy. And so it wasn't the best, but it also wasn't the worst. And so, um, you know, the CPS school, a lot of times they don't have resources, you know, for programs and stuff like that. And so, um, interestingly enough, my grandma, uh, she was very artistic when I was growing up. So she always had me in like art fairs and stuff like that. And so she's the one who pushed me into, um, you know, kind of being consistent with poetry. And so uh, when I thought it was cool again, I kind of started like playing with words and stuff like that. And um, on and this is like during the Facebook era. And so it was actually thought poetic. <laughs> and um, as I, you know, started being a writer and I started doing more organizing um, work, uh, it kind of shortened to a uh, thought poet. And um, now it's thought poet's opinion, so. Very nice. We're, we're going to be uh, asking you about your photography a little bit. Why don't you share with us how you got interested in doing photography and how do you utilize that to yeah, try to um, better the community? For sure. Um, so to be honest with you, I didn't really have a choice. If I'm being honest, um, like I said, my grandma, she was a very uh, artistic person. Um, she's a doll maker, uh, painter, sculptor, and um uh, I wasn't raised by my biological parents. I was raised with my grandmother. And so uh, she basically had my nose in a Gordon Parks book or uh, some type of like, uh, you know, black literature when we were growing up. So me and my three, uh, my, my, my two siblings, we actually were kind of like, I guess, woke before it was like cool or whatever. Yeah. So like, you know, growing up, you know, especially growing up uh, in Chatham uh, at Tule Park, um, we weren't always like celebrated for, you know, having all this knowledge about, you know, who DuSable was and, you know, kind of knowing about like all this art stuff. And so, um, you know, I ran away from it for a while. Um, and so, you know, uh, in high school, I started doing like after school matter programs. Um, and so that kind of led me to True Star Magazine. Um, and, you know, that's what kind of led me to doing more music journalism. Um, but the art was always there. The photography was always there. Um, I was always taking photos of concerts I was like covering and stuff like that. And so um, when I uh, finally stopped running this music blog called The Lyrical Lab, um, it kind of forced me to kind of just like finally step into, I guess, I guess some people call it my calling. Um, and it really forced me to like really just start focus it on me. And so um, I had always been around a camera. Uh, I was using my phone. My grandma bought my first uh, actual camera before it got stolen. Um, and so I just kind of always was around it. And like I said, my grandma had us around a lot of art when we were coming up. And so she just had me around this very type of energy where like, you know, the, the way that I write and the way that I carry my work um, it's very Chicago, you know what I'm saying? And it's, and it's a certain type of Chicago that many people 
won't experience unless they've actually gone to these to these places into into these communities and that's i believe is probably the most special thing is that it's just a very authentic like energy around my photography and writing because it has a very authentic chicago feel to it so shout out to my grandma <laughs> uh isaiah um let me ask you something and michael take yourself off mute please um your current exhibit is taking place at some it's something called sffb gallery um, <laughs> tell us what that stands for and if it's a movable feast and if it is uh where is it being located right now that cafe tell us about that yeah so um that that's actually an acronym uh for sanctuary from forgotten blocks and so the name actually came from me um you know always living, like I said, like I've, I've lived on the South side of Chicago pretty much my entire life. I've lived in different spots, but the South side has always been my home. And so once again, like I was saying before, uh, when it comes to the, uh, to the, to the, to the feeling that comes with my photos, like most people won't recognize what that feeling is unless you're living in these communities. You know what I'm saying? So unless you're living in Inglewood, unless you're living in Chatham, Arbor Gresham, Roseland, like you won't be able to truly experience um, black and brown lives and how they take up these spaces. You know what I'm saying? Like these, these, these people have lived here for decades. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like these are like people that have literally changed how Chicago's like cultivated, you know what I'm saying? You know, since the migration. And so, um, Sanctuary for Forgotten Blocks is really just showing the beauty and also the, uh, the, 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 the sadness that comes with looking at impoverished communities throughout Chicago. And so um, it, uh, this, this particular series is at, is at Kusani Cafe, which is in Inglewood, and the photos actually focus on Inglewood. And so when I say that, um, most of the time when people talk about Inglewood or West Inglewood or Greater Inglewood, they always try to connect violence or they try to connect, you know, lack of resources or um, the fact that police over police in this community. And that's all true. That's I'm not getting away from any of that. But there's so much there's so much history and culture and beauty and, 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 and wisdom that that lies in these communities and literally just going to these events and volunteering or just like going to, you know, talk to these people that are at these events in this in Inglewood, you'll get a chance to see that. And this photo series, it's an ongoing photo series that you can actually see on Instagram or at the cafe. But um, it just really entails that because I think a lot of people are always forgetting that these black and brown people are still fighting to exist. You know what I mean? So when there's no cameras being shown saying like uh, this happened in Chicago or, you know, whatever like that, these people are fighting every day to exist. You know what I'm saying? And so these stories are very special because these stories are happening even after this interview is over with. So, yeah. yeah. Tell us one more time where the current version of the Sanctuary from Forgotten Blocks is being shown and how long is it there and what are the hours? Because they were... Uh, I think late afternoon to early evening through, give us the dates and times. Yes, and so the, um, I'm bringing it up on my phone really quick, but it's at Kusanya Cafe. And like I said, that's right in the heart of Inglewood. Um, it's a very uh, amazing establishment um, that basically has a lot of just like uh, dope people coming through there, but it's uh, in the morning 
Uh, the address is uh, 825 West 69th. Uh, and it's normally open from like, like 8 a.m. to I think maybe like maybe like two or three or something like that. Um, but it's going to be up until February. Um, and yeah, all of the photos are also on sale. Um, if, if folks want to go and buy one, um, you can definitely put in to uh, buy a piece. Uh, all of the monies are going to uh, the organizations, Good Kids, Mad City, and Her Chicago. Uh, both these organizations do a lot of work around like mutual aid, um, trying to get mental health resources to uh, the community and stuff like that. So, you know, you talk a lot about organizing, and uh, you did talk about uh, a friend of yours, and I'm blocking his name, uh, but uh, Malik. Malik Alim. Yeah. And, uh, tell us a little bit about his work, and was he, I, I'm assuming he was a mentor to you or someone you looked to as you developed your photography. Fill me in or correct me and share some information. So, um, yeah, um, I, I'll put it like this. Malika Lean was someone that uh, is very special to the Chicago community in this very moment. Like he, what he did as far as organizing, um, what he did as far as just trying to uh, be a cis hetero black man that's learning and unlearning how to be less toxic and misogynistic to black women. Um, he was amazing in just existing, right? And so um, I'm gonna try not to get emotional, but uh, Malik okay, was actually- it's happened here uh, before, so <laughs> let, it, really. let it roll. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, God love you. Yes, all right. Um, Nothing to be sorry about. I know we were part of the um, effort to get a bail-free city. And I think that was one of his major works, right? Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is that was actually one of the very few things he was acknowledged for. Um, mm -hmm. He did a lot of work with the uh, Say Her Name campaign, um, the Buy Anita Alvarez campaign, um, he, he did a lot of work with, uh, organizations like Black Youth Project 100 and, um, the Let Us Breathe Collective. And, uh, he was one of the very few people that, um, really believed in my work. Um, he, uh, in, uh, 2016, he was one of the people who, uh, actually pushed me to have my very first, uh, photo exhibit, um, and mind you, uh, the organizing community, it, it's, it's powerful, but um, people can be overlooked. And, and, and the, the, the ability to just exist is hard because a lot of the times we don't often treat people the same way that we claim we do. Like we talk about restorative and transformative justice, but sometimes we don't often, we don't often act out those things. And Malik was very important in holding a lot of people accountable that have done harms to other people in this community. And he taught me, uh, he, he taught me how to exist in this, uh, in, in this city and doing this organizing work. Cause it's not easy. It's, it's not easy. You're dealing with real people's lives. You're, 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 you're fighting to be heard because at the end of the day, black and brown people are heard at all. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and all they're asking for is resources to 
exist in the communities that we've lived and been grown up in. You know what I'm saying? And so um, Malik, uh, I I would say he was probably one of the most incredible people that I know. Uh, To this day, he still has not received the the affirmations that he should have received um, when he was here. Um, But I owe a lot to him uh, as far as even me being where I am right now. yeah, I, I would say he was my big brother. Uh, he was definitely a mentor, but I, I would definitely say that was my big brother for sure. Oh, that's good to hear. I'd like to know more about him. I, I read a piece of, about you in, I think, Tribe, and you did talk about organizing. And both of, both Katie and I come out of organizing experiences. Uh, you know, I, lived, I worked in Uptown with poor and working whites and well as blacks and Latinos. And... Um, it's a, and you point out in that article how you don't always get credit for what you do and you don't always receive results. Um, organizing is an ongoing process. You really, to bring about social change and economic and political change, people really have to grind away at it for a long time. And sometimes it feels like you don't get a lot of uh, return and at other times it just blossoms. And I wondered, if you wanted to share any other kind of organizing work that you are doing uh, in the community, you did talk about a demonstration uh, at City Hall. Um, just you mean, share a little you mean bit more Lori about the kind of work you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like I said before, um, I, I've done a lot of organizing, just like with Malik, um, with the Letters Breed Collective, um, uh, Black Youth Project 100. Uh, the list goes on, um, but uh, myself and Malik uh, were really pivotal in a lot of the organizing that took place last year and really in the last five years um, uh, with, when, when it came to uh, the protest that lashed out um, because of what happened to Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. Uh, and I was also one of the organizers that was arrested like the second day um, um, in the high park and uh it was interesting because it was a lot of it was a lot of uh mess around that situation because uh no one knew that i even got arrested for like almost 24 hours and stuff like that and um that's scary yeah it it was and um i i don't i don't think people understand how the processing that how that how hard that is um but we, we be because of the works of again like folks from Good Kids Mass City, organizations like Nita's Love Train, Asada's Daughters, um, we were able to do a uh, really monumental protest called Break the Piggy Bank um, at the end of 2020, and uh, it actually was named like one of the best demonstrations of what we were advocating for in the year 2020, and I I, I led it and I just to this and to this very day I'm still processing what that even means because it's like we don't do this for show we don't do this you know what I'm saying to necessarily give a congratulations we're doing this to make it be known that we're fighting for people that have not been able to fight for themselves and the organizing that we do like it, it, it goes from mutual aid so you know uh running up a lot of these um, black and brown use GoFundMe's or mutual aids that are on social media, um, you know, going into the communities and just passing out like actual like groceries, you know what I'm saying? Because there's like so many food deserts 
in these communities, like actually getting a nutritious meal in a 24 hour period is not possible. Like the the, the organizing we do is, is hard. It, it is extremely hard. And I, that's again, why I'm even appreciative that y'all are, you know, talking to me about it because, you know, it, it is difficult. Um, but I, I, I would say my work as an organizer, um, it's evolved me just as much as, you know, I've been able to do the work. And like I said, because I'm a photographer in my work, like like literally within the past five years, I can show you photos from a lot of these protests that have taken place. But um, the goal is again, for us to actually make change in, you know, this city, you know what I'm saying? Like we have a mayor that's in seat right now that does nothing for the community. And, does their very best to make sure that they ignore the pleas that are being put out to better community. You know what I mean? Like you have a individual, Mohawk Johnson, that's been on like severe house arrest since he was arrested in 2020. And literally like the mayor, like the, 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 the city, they could like destroy this, this, this like bond the Chicago police department has on his life right now. And they choose not to do so. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, a lot of this organizing deals with real lives. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, like I said, when the when the cameras are done and the articles are done, like we still are doing the work. So so um let me just say, Isaiah, uh, it's it's so wonderful to hear you talk the way you just did. Um, like Michael said, we've been organizing, um, we've been doing a lot of anti-racist organizing for 50 years, basically, between the two of us, because we're old. So we are thrilled to um, have uh, in front of us uh, the work that you've been part of for the last couple of years, specifically the growth of the Black Lives Matter movement that means so much globally. Um, so I, I just want to say, you know, we never get pats on the back when we need them the most for doing the hard work, but you should pat yourself on the back for both of us because we're thrilled with what you're doing. And one other piece of education you can provide our listeners, um, talk to us about what is ShotSpotter and the Stop ShotSpotter campaign. Right out here on my block, we've got posters on the wall saying Stop ShotSpotter. And um, so I, I think a lot of people don't know what it is. You want, do you mind explaining that? Yeah, um, I'm, and I'm really glad you brought that up uh, because the campaign is basically um, in, uh, it's, it's going on to help uh, cancel a contract for a surveillance program that's pretty much on the south and west sides of Chicago only. And the whole point of the program is to bring more awareness to like gunshots that are supposedly going off in like the different parts of the community. So you have between 25 at sometimes 40 different like devices that are on like different light poles throughout like entire south and west side communities and again this program is worth about 33 plus million dollars the program actually doesn't even work like the program actually is so faulty that uh, a lot of the times when the police are sent off to like you know look at different dispatches and you know uh, alerts majority of the time it's 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 like reacting to like like really like 
closed, like when people like slam their car doors or something like that. Or like, you know, if kids are like lighting fireworks, like simple stuff, you know what uh, I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, because police are already over violent and they already over police these communities, that's how a lot of these situations where, you know, um, police, again, basically become extremely violent. That's how a lot of these things happen. And so, um, again, this program, uh, they had a contract, uh, like a, 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 a contract review that they were supposed to do um, in the public. Uh, they wound up just renewing the entire contract behind closed doors and not letting the public even know about it. Um, so in layman's terms, it really sucks. And so um, the, the the campaign is basically uh, folks trying to advocate to get the contract canceled and to have those funds put into actual community organizations that are actually doing the work to actually make communities safe. You know what I'm saying? Because people always want to talk about gun violence and gun violence this. And, you know, the funny thing is, if you were actually like, and, and I don't know if people think about this, but in the past like year and a half, um, or better yet, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, right? This contract, like I said, is worth $33 million. If you take that entire $33 million and just put $1.2 million in Chicago Park District programs, after school matter programs, trade programs, like if you just put that, I mean, and, and I mean literally do like a, like 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 a like a six month review, right? Where you know you you like you know have people show where all the money went and all that stuff. I <laughs> promise you, in a five five year time period, you would see how quickly communities are benefiting from that money. You know yes, what I mean? my brother. Yes, so, yeah. That's that's basically in 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 a, in a nutshell what the campaign is. Um, it's, it's yeah, we, we love having yeah. you here. Thank you so much. We've we've run through our time, but um, Michael, did you have one you wanted to him to repeat the gallery? I just want you to tell us the name of the cafe, uh, the name of your exhibit, and uh, when people can see it. It runs until early February. February uh, 3rd. Give us the address. Yeah, um, so again, uh, it's going to be at Kusanya Cafe. Um, the address is uh, 825 West 69th. Um, again, it's going to be going into uh, February. Um, the hours you can go are between like 8 a.m. Uh, to like 3 or 4. Um, and I'm also uh, working on um, putting out another body of work in the new year. Uh, so I'm going to be announcing the flyer and all that stuff on social media. Yeah, and um, that's going to be yeah. at, at the hideout, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be at the, the legendary okay. hideout. Um, and so that'll be a uh, gallery slash um, performance slash uh, panel discussion. I want to uh, know uh, when that uh, happens. You got to tell us. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to happen January 14th. Um, like I said, we're, we're getting uh, details together now. Um, and I can tell you the conversations are going to be about what would life in Chicago look like without police and um, the imagery, the videos, the conversations. It's going to be a really good time. So Sweet. Nice to meet you, brother. Thank, thank you thanks, so thanks. much. Thank you so much for having me. A real treat to meet you, sir. Thank you all so much for listening to Live from the Heartland. We want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And we will see you all back in two weeks for the New Year's Day episode. Wow, what a beautiful guy to have on. Oh, my gosh. The thought poet. Yeah. Isaiah Renee. Hey, do you have any brief sports uh, page for us real quick? Just like? that uh, COVID is rampant. Uh, people are having to do the COVID protocols. Games are canceled. Uh, stay tuned. There may not be a lot of football to be watching on 
during the holidays. We'll yeah. see. Basketball, too. Uh, <laughs> the Bulls had two games canceled. And in memoriam, in memoriam uh, unfortunately, this week, a friend, a dear friend uh, and local artist who really made it big during the um, last presidency because he is an excellent political cartoonist, and that is young Keith Taylor. Um, uh, recently got famous because he became the, uh, the cartoonist of uh, request during the, uh, the Trump administration and the Chicago Public Square uh, had, them as, had him as their uh, chief illustrator. Uh, peace and blessings, Keith, you were a beautiful human being. We're gonna go out with uh, Our World by Twin Peaks. Um, this is our 81st Heart, Heartland at Home show. And for over 25 years, we've brought you live from the Heartland, now Heartland at Home, broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Stream, streaming live on WLUW.org. Uh, uh, you can also catch us at youtube.com slash Heartland Media. There's a million of our shows up there. And every once in a while, we're cablecast on Can TV Channel 27. We thank our team and all of you for listening. Uh, do good in the world. The world needs all the good that we do and that you do. All power, all power to, the people. to the people. Another suspect.